Craig, uh, there was a motion today relating to the establishment of a tribunal of inquiry on complaints process in the Defence Forces. We've had an independent review group on this last year, but what began all this and how did we get to this stage? Yeah, well, I think you, you know, <coughs> back to October 2021 when, when RTE journalist and, and former presenter of this show, Katie Hannan, broadcast the, the Women of Honour documentary which detailed cases of sexual assault and alleged rape within, within the Defence Forces. Um, a re- really, really powerful, heart-hitting documentary. Um, then following on from that, in January 2022, the Minister for Defence at the time, Simon Co- Coveney, ordered an official investigation. Then fast forward a year, March 2023, we have, have the final report published. Um, it, it has 13 recommendations, all of which were accepted by the government. But one of those was to have um, a tribunal of inquiry. And then in, in May, um, of that year as well we had the draft terms of reference circulated and, and then uh, this month we've had the final terms of reference published and today um, the Taunashta uh, uh, we read the motion to the Dáil um, and, and put it forward and I think Patterns and some other Dáil colleagues um, took issue with terms of reference um, which I'll, I guess I'll let him, let him discuss too but um, essentially we're going to have an inquiry that uh, done by a judge and it'll be concluded within three years. All right. And there are current and former army personnel backing plans for a legal challenge to this as well. Yeah, and I, I think it's what's, I guess, probably, I think Jim O'Callaghan, the Fianna Fáil Justice spokesman, person, put it correctly when people were arguing to, to broaden out the terms of this. He said, well, look, justice is, is administered, you know, in the court separately. The, you won't get all your answers here and you won't get every aspect just that you want in this instance. So that is the, I guess, correct forum for people to seek justice if they wish. All right. Uh, Timmy Dooley, a tribunal of inquiry being established. As Craig says, it traces back the roots to um, that documentary from 2021, which in turn built on uh, previous work revelations by the former army officer uh, Tom Clonan and... um, indeed, I suppose, reports of uh, there were review groups that were in place up until, I think, a certain point in 2014, uh, but uh, subsequently fell by the wayside. But the Women of Honour group that were featured in that 2021 documentary, given that they gave rise to this current process, if, if many of them aren't happy with the terms of reference, who is this going to satisfy? Well, I don't think we can prejudge the outcome of the tribunal. For sure, they have expressed their concerns and, and, and they have done uh, for some time when the terms of reference were first published. But I, I know that the Tánaiste has met with them on, on a number of occasions. Uh, some considerable changes had been made to the original terms of reference. It was all done in consultation with the Attorney General. Um, and yes, it is difficult at this early stage um, for people to be satisfied. But but you, you, you'd like to think with the um, with the work of the judge, somebody who has a phenomenal international uh, reputation uh, in in areas like this and others, um, that they they would give fair wind to the process, and let's see what comes from it. Um, there's been a lot of work done behind the scenes to get the appropriate level of of, um, of input, uh, so that it can have uh, a positive outcome for all concerned. And so so, so I think. You'd hope that people would be satisfied whilst maybe not in total agreement or totally happy with it at this stage, um, that the process begins, um, the detailed discussions take place um, and there is an outcome at the end of it that will satisfy all concerned. And look, it's hard at this stage to see whether people would or wouldn't 
um, necessarily be happy until they see what the right. outcome is. There were, there were two um, uh, former <coughs> uh, members of the Defence Forces, uh, Padraig Tobin, who were on uh, with Katie Hannan, who made that documentary on uh, <coughs> on Monday night. One of them wanted the terms of reference broadened, and the other uh, was happy to let the the tribunal proceed uh, under its in, in its current form. So. There, there, I suppose there's not consensus on the unhappiness with it, even if there is uh, some opposition. Well, I was first to raise this in the Dáil and I said, and when I raised it in the Dáil, I said, if there isn't a, an agreement with the Women of Honour in terms of the terms of reference, I didn't believe that they would get to the truth or justice. And if, if they didn't get to the truth or justice, there wouldn't be accountability. And accountability is needed to drive reform because we're not going to have reform in the defence forces. And that's the ultimate objective. Right, well, and what's, have, what's your specific issue then well, with, the, with the current uh, terms of reference? There's a number of issues. So, so basically, the terms of reference don't actually focus on the abuse that happened. They focus on the process of complaint. Now, we know that the process of complaint has been corrupt and it's a mess and it's wrong. We know that because there's a stack full of reports way back to 1999. Well, corrupt is a strong word. Flawed, certainly. Well, I, I would say, no, if, if you well, look, well, here's, here's, here's the, the, the Workplace Climate Defence Report from 2016. It actually has quotes from many people within the system. And it says that if you go down the complaints procedure, you will suffer afterwards. You may win the battle, but you lose the war. And another person says, I'm not comfortable using the complaint system because of used against you. The 1990 report uh, uh, by the government actually said that the complaints system was meaningless. And the, the difficulty that the women had is that many of these women were raped, they were assaulted, they were uh, they were bullied. And when they brought these cases uh, to the complaints system, then there was a systematic pushback against those individuals. And what often happened was, was those women were bullied out of their jobs while the people who carried out the abuse uh, were treated favourably. Were still left in their jobs, were still left in their jobs, etc. And often, ha- often had promotions. The other aspect of this is, and, and this is really strange, because the terms of reference p- does not allow for people who didn't use the complaints process to participate in the tribunal. Now, in fairness, the Taunister did explicitly say in the Dáil today that they would be allowed to do it. But the difficulty I have is so many but women... Are you, are you calling for a tribunal of inquiry? And the tribunals of inquiry now have, have gotten themselves into bother before and considerable legal cost in making findings of wrongdoing against individuals, such as non-cooperation with the tribunal uh, in, in, in the case of a former government minister who he was deemed not to have cooperated with the tribunal. He got his costs in court because that was a finding of wrongdoing against him. You know, tribunals have limits on their powers and findings of wrongdoings are not within their those powers. Well, for, for example, I want this, uh, I believe this has to focus on the abuse that happens. Now, I'm not, obviously, you know, the reports such as the Ferns reports uh, that happened previously carried out great work in this country in that they focused on the abuse that happened uh, in the Ferns uh, diocese uh, in the past and that had a, a positive effect in terms of bringing some kind of, of justice and truth to the people who had suffered that and I think if this particular um, uh, report or investigate tribunal dodges the damage that was done to people I think that that's extremely dangerous and I also think that the idea that it's only looking at the complaints procedure so therefore if you suffered enormously and you knew that the complaints procedure would damage you and you didn't use the complaints procedure, that in some way you wouldn't have access properly to this uh, uh, tribunal. I think that's a mistake. There's also a sampling element in this, uh, which means that it it is very possible that many people will never have access to this tribunal because their case will fall outside of the sampling. All right. um, Rory O'Morrohu, 
what issues do you take, if any, with this? Well, it's straightforward. Um, <coughs> we, we and Mary Lou uh, McDonald brought it up earlier in relation to sampling, and I suppose the whole idea is we, we need to look at what we're talking about. We're talking about women in the defence forces who suffered assault, bullying, rape and a system of cover-up and bullying and an absolute failure to deal with any of these issues uh, over over many years. Like, on some level, we're very glad we have a tribunal of inquiry. We could, uh, I suppose, make the argument that should have happened uh, a lot earlier. And it would be a lot better that, I suppose, we would have had a greater level of, of buy-in and, and maybe the um, communication and conversations um, between the government and the women of honour and others could have been slightly better now I know people will say I would say that but 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 I think that's the case we would be in a better case now and I think it is that we need to ensure that nobody and um, that nobody is uh, has an obstacle placed in front of them in relation to being able to deal with their particular cases and uh, if we're talking about the sampling um, or if we're uh, talking about the fact of those people um, who uh, those women who didn't make complaints and we can all understand why they didn't. Uh, I, I think it would be an a, absolute travesty that in trying to deal with this issue, we don't allow all those women who have suffered greatly at the hands of this state to actually have their say properly within this tribunal. All right. Just, on, just on that point of sampling, um, the, the, the judge has, Judge Power has made it very clear that she wants to hear from all concerned. And in fact, interestingly enough, the, the issue of sampling was something put forward by legal representatives of the Women of Honour in the first instance. And the government accepted the idea on the basis that it provided a broader uh, element to the terms of reference. So, so I, I don't think it's something we should be getting hung, hung up on uh, at this stage. It's very clear that un, un, unless in very unforeseen circumstances that there's an enormous amount uh, of people coming forward, sampling won't be an issue um, because the judge has made it very clear that it's her expectation that she wants to hear from all concerned. See, all right. And that's I, what I would, needs I would, to happen. I, I'd be cautious because, you know, we, the state has a history of defending itself and the state has a history of, you know, seeing brave people come out, fighting a campaign, media attention putting onto it, the government apologising, saying they're going to work with those people to get a terms of reference and then ignoring them in the end. Cervical check is an example of that. The mother and and baby homes is an example of that. So this idea that, you know, it'll all work out well in in the end, it doesn't matter about the ingredients that we put in the start, the cake will, will will be fine in the end, it's not necessarily true. The terms of reference will determine the results of this for many, many people who have already suffered disastrously in the past. And the idea that the government, you know, have frustrated the women of honour. I don't accept that. They have frustrated them. That's not universally accepted at all. They told Simon Coveney told the women of honour that they would come to an agreement with the women of honour in relation to the terms of reference. And here we are, the women of honour, at the end of it, oppose the terms of reference that the government have created. Timmy, Timmy, do answer that? Yeah, look, there's. I mean, you've rightly identified there are some some of the people concerned that are are happy enough with the terms of reference and are happy to see it proceed to try to reach a conclusion. You're never going to get uniformity here when so many people have been impacted and affected in different ways. This is a real honest effort by the government to try to get at the core issues, to try to get to the culture, to give people an opportunity to tell their story. I ju- and I, just, I believe this does I just that. want to ask you on that, Timmy Dooley. The, the Minister for Defence, uh, the, the Taunishta, is involved in setting the terms of reference of this. Now, 
it, it could be argued that perhaps <clears throat> the role of the Department of Defence and the Office of the Minister of Defence have also questions to answer. And in setting the terms of reference, there is uh, a, a potential conflict of interest. I want to refer to the, there was an independent monitoring group uh, that was set up following the uh, the, the revelations of, uh, of Tom Clone. There was an independent monitoring group, which I think um, it, it, it was set up and, and issued annual reports, mm-hmm. but it, it, it ceased to be an operation. And, and the lack of that oversight arguably contributed towards some of this. But it, one of its findings was the leadership of the Defence Forces and the Department of Defence, this is in 2014, it said, must continue to be vigilant and caring of personnel. In 2014, the IMG agrees that this will remain the challenge for the defence organisation, in particular uh, for its leaders. And yet the independent monitoring group was stood down at a given point. Now, the decision to stand that down uh, it was not a decision that it made itself. So are there questions to answer why that external oversight, number one, uh, was stood down? A question that can only be answered by the department. And secondly, there's the Defence Forces Ombudsman Office. Why did that office uh, lack the powers? A previous Ombudsman, Paul Marin and Quinn, said a awful lot of these complaints were not brought to her. And she didn't, I don't, uh, as far as I'm aware, have the have the power to independently initiate investigations. Yeah, and that's why now we now are left with no option other than to have a tribunal of inquiry. Um, just to raise a specific issue, uh, which you raised in relation to the Tanishta, um, the Tanishta, as the second most senior politician in the state, his responsibility um, and his desire is to ensure that we get to the truth of what happened. He wasn't the minister. Um, in, in Minister for Defence or associated with that department at any stage uh, in his career. So therefore, I don't think there, that anyone can make the charge legitimately that there's a conflict of interest. For sure, you can make a political charge from an opposition perspective that he's somehow clouded and guided by the mandarins in the department. I think no, anybody the, that the, knows me, Hal Martin, knows the tonnage. No, no, but the, the issue the of the office of the Minister of Defence, <clears throat> who's on top of a department that is the Department of Defence, which is oversight of the Defence Forces. Should the terms of reference have been set there or should it have been done from the office of the Taoiseach in order to uh, enhance its legitimacy and confidence? Well, set it from the Department of the Taoiseach or the Department of Antonishta, the person who is the minister with responsibility for the Department of Defence happens to be the Antonishta, was the Taoiseach uh, up to a very short time ago. So I think that's somewhat a pedantic argument, if you don't mind me saying so. Um, I think the reality, he's taking political leadership uh, on behalf of the state and I think he's well charged and well versed in doing that he has nothing to hide from his own perspective because he never uh, played any political role right. um, in, in the department at any stage Rory O'Murrico do you, do you have a view on that? Well here uh, I think it's fair to say that there have been a number of missteps um, the survivors believed at one stage they were still in negotiations as regards the terms of reference at the point in time that the Taunishta, um took those terms of reference to the cabinet so I think stuff like that would definitely needed to be uh, avoided and, and I think the biggest issue here and, and we, we've all stated it at one stage is that we need to make sure that this tribunal of inquiry allows all those survivors to have their story told and to be able to give evidence and it's unfortunate that we are starting in a circumstance where many of them are not particularly happy with the process so far and aren't absolutely backing this on the basis of their difficulties with the terms of reference. Craig Hughes, what have you made of the debate uh, on this so far? 
Can you see there's any any wriggle room for, for change on this and expansion of the terms of reference or, or, or do you see a, a steely determination on the part of uh, the I, Minister for Defence that, that these terms of reference will stay as, as are? No, I, I don't think there's any sense of them changing now but I thought Brendan Howland, uh, the Labour TD, TD made a very good point that he felt that they should have been brought to committee stage and, and allow me- members to, to suggest different amendments to, here and there and have each one of them voted on rather than being presented with terms as a kind of fait complete uh, vote yes or no on them as, as a collective. All right. OK, uh, we're just going to give the final word to uh, some listeners on the cash issue. Yesterday, every card machine in the shop in small West Limerick town had a failure as a cash customer. I was the only person in the shop who could get their shopping. And then finally, you all seem to ignore the main argument against the phasing out of cash. It's been done in the interest of the banks, not the customer. Banks have more control of your money, can add change charges for transactions and gather data on every purchase made. Uh, we're walking into it, uh, says that text or there.